everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 198 for the week of October 29, 2011. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with a wonderful cast of awesome people, including Anna Marienfeld. I'm awesome. John Yearworth. Uh, I am also awesome, but potentially British. Roy Burnett. I'm the most awesomest of them all. And last but not least, Emmanuel Marino. Happy Halloween, everybody. I should say Mobile Marino. You're you're yes. on the move, right? I'm on the move. Move. And you've been moving a lot. Um, I I know you need to leave a, li- a little early, like probably now. So why don't you tell us about what you were up to last week? Um, because I'm really interested to hear what it was like from somebody on the floor at BlizzCon. Yes, I was at BlizzCon last week. And it was, let's talk about some weird timing. It was basically BlizzCon, come home, and start packing immediately. So it was... It's been very awkward this past week. Um, oh, remind me to, to tell you guys about a, a new, a special opportunity and some prizes for fans of RP Gamer to win. Before you should I tell go. us about a special opportunity of prizes for. Oh, later. Okay, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I was at BlizzCon. I know Chris and Anna were watching on the the virtual ticket. That's right. We had the virtual ticket going. We had Directv. I had like twenty five streams from BlizzCon. Uh, you Dave, probably had a better view than I did. Dave Grown. Honestly from or whatever his name is was in my house like showing me the you know, camera it's angles. funny it, it's funny uh i remember you talking about how dave Grohl was a bad choice for this but it was a it was obviously a really good choice <laughs> the excitement like uh, uh, i guess i should start but i want you guys to ask me some questions about some stuff too and sort of like keep me on track and guide me through this yeah i'm yeah. just gonna ramble but um i'll just start with the opening ceremony i this was probably the best year the best blitzcon i've been to because there was just people were hit with announcement after announcement after announcement, and they may not have been like the biggest ones. Maybe like a new trailer or the fact that you can subscribe to WoW and get D three for free or the the box art. But just sitting there, I had a pretty good seat. I'll post some pictures up. Sorry, I, like I said, I have to apologize. I've just been straight. I just went straight from BlizzCon to packing everything away, so I'll be able to put everything up next week. That's I have fine. tons of pictures. I have a lot of. I have interviews with uh, three different Blizzard authors. Thanks to Anna, I talked to uh, Richard Knack. Who wrote the Diablo Sinmore trilogy and several Warcraft books? Christy Golden, who's been writing a lot of the more recent Warcraft books, and Nate Kenyon, who just joined the Blizzard uh, writing uh, team, and he's did Starcraft Ghost Specters, and he's about to write a new Diablo, Diablo three uh, bridge book between D two and D three. He wrote uh, it's called Diablo three: The Order, and I checked out the Book of Cain, Chris, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I have pictures that. of that. I have a little interview with that uh, them. I talked to the Mega Blocks Halo guys. I mean, not Halo. Well, they made the Halo <laughs> series, but the Mega Blocks uh, guys over at them. I have an interview with them. Oh, I'll just tell you now. They, get, you know, those throw minifigures. Mm, yes, the ones those, that- I mean, actually, those actually quite nice little minifigures from Mega Blocks that uh, they gave out to all the BlizzCon attendees. Yeah. Uh, the guy was nice enough to to give me a few extra to give out on a contest on RP Gamer. Sweet, I love it. So yeah, and then, you know that's like a rare exclusive. They they only made so many for BlizzCon and a handful extra to give away to people like me for contests. So if uh, you end up getting one, that's unless you go on eBay, that's a it's a it's a pretty uh, awesome little. Collectible. Now you didn't get the uh, one that Cat Bailey got that was all golden, did you? <laughs> they they made four of those. Um, I don't expect that you got one. <laughs> Why'd they give it to Cap Bailey and not me? Well, because they didn't like Jeff Keighley, so I don't blame them. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Was Jeff Keighley supposed to get one? Uh, no, um, but 
who likes Jeff Keighley? So, I mean, if you're going to give it to one of the two people, Cat Bailey and Jeff Keighley host the DirecTV stream together. Oh. Yeah. And so which oh, one of those two would Kat you give it to? Cat Bailey? Not Cat. Oh. Yes. Cat Hunter. I was thinking, I was going to say, she wasn't even at the show. What did sorry, she get? Sorry. Cat Cat Hunter. I apologize. <laughs> that was me of like, me. I guess I was, that's why I was making that sound. It's not that it's, I don't like Cat Bailey. Just thinking like, man, she wasn't even there. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, I have a couple of those to give away, which is awesome. They were really nice. And uh, just giving you a quick over. And um, I have, like, a ridiculous amount of notes on Wild Panda. I've been putting everything together. Wild Panda? Wild Panda. Wild Panda. So did you get to play the Pandaren Monk? Yes, I did. Did you literally uh, roll through the first six levels? Cool. Uh, I rolled to the yes, actually, I, I literally did, and they gave me an achievement <laughs> at BlizzCon that said uh, Panda Express for rolling over 100 times during the demo at BlizzCon. Nice. Yes, they were talking about that. At the, I was wondering if you would get it. So, um, it, you've it? you've played enough WoW that how how do you feel about the lack of auto attack? Like, does that feel intuitive or does it feel disruptive or? You know, it's interesting, um, but playing the Pandaren Monk actually feels a lot like playing the Diablo 3 Monk the first time I played him. <laughs> because you really, it feels you like just left click a lot? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just sort of that, that innate combo system into the. Like, what do you, it changes up the gameplay subtly enough that what became like a click affair in Diablo 3 became a, a, a smart combo system using the left and uh, right click, uh, left and right mouse button. Excuse me. So how, right does, how does that combo system work? Like, if you um, do things right, do you get damage bonuses and stuff? Well, um, okay, you, you have a chi. Okay, uh, your basic resource is this chi that quickly refills, and you use chi to, for only two things for rolling and for your basic jab attack. And then, as you do jabs, you build up. There's this sort of meter at the center of your thing, of your screen, and that builds up a l- four light spheres and four dark spheres. And then, different abilities use up a certain number of those dark spheres. So, I. So by the time I reached like level nine, because the entire like one to ten leveling zone was available in the in the demo area, and I just sort of went through one to nine until I had to pee. I could have continued going, but I was like, I've been sitting there for like an hour and a half. It was time for me to go. They give you that long to play? Well, I was in the press area. Oh, okay. With no seats, so I was standing for like bow legged for it was it was very bizarre. <laughs> okay, so this is what I would do: I would hit the jab, I would hit the jab, and then I would use a force palm, which would use about. Two light energy spheres, which you would quickly build up using the jab. And then I would use – so – and the force palm would give you an extra a bonus – a damage bonus multiplier if you used it on an enemy who had more than 50% health. So then by that point, I would – a couple jabs, knock them down to right above 50%. Use the force palm, which would drop them way below 50% with the extra bonus. And then I would use this sort of dark roundhouse kick. Which was which used up my dark sphere, and if I used that to finish off an enemy, it would give me it would return two additional dark spheres back to me. So you kind of set up this kind of like this rotation of jab, 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 force palm, roundhouse kick, and then if you if you're surrounded by multiple enemies, you do like a roll to the next guy, jab, 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 force palm, kick, or if there was a guy behind you, then you would hit like um, the flying dragon kick, fly to him, knock him unconscious, then. I think maybe the most interesting ability was the area of effect attack, which was sort of like uh, that Street Fighter roundhouse kick where you would spin around 
and and kick enemies all over the all over the map. But that was pretty interesting. And you could actually control your movement while you were doing that attack. So I'd be surrounded by like a group of monkeys, and I just start doing my little roundhouse kick. And I say combo, but it, it's true. Like once once you get locked into once you know your like your your easy little rotation, you sort of get into the habit of just you know jab jab jab. Okay, I got my thing. Hit him before, below while well, he's above fifty percent. Finish him off to get some more orbs back. But it's simple and interesting enough that you keep that you're, um, you're a little bit more engaged than just. Oh, okay, this guy's almost dead. I'll just continue to auto attack. Excellent. All right, so there are other games there, right? Oh, oh but before we move oh. on from Wild Panda, I oh. mean, oh. have you guys seen the environments? Because it's it's a really pretty environment. I mean, the, the, the yeah, facial we have animation. literally watched every single panel that went on at BlizzCon at this point. Okay, so well, it's but, you know, for the listeners at home who didn't get to. <laughs> Yeah, so this is this is major Chinese style, right? Oh yeah, I mean people keep on saying Asian, but it's not. I mean, Asian's too vague a term. It's it's really China with touches of Korean Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not uh, going to see. I was mm-hmm. going to say a little bit like how um, uh, Guild Wars factions kind of had their own kind of brand of um, Eastern style, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's it's very much like WoW's interpretation of of Chinese of Chinese architecture and myth, with a little bit of touches of J- of Japan and like like the like a northern tribe has some like ninja influences and has like a more muted color palette like in yeah. Japanese architecture and design. I can't wait to visit the panda ninjas. The pan ninjas, yeah. I mean, I mean, people keep on saying like pan Asian. You're not going to be walking into like a Thai kickboxing place or uh, you know or there's. It's very, it's very much East, East Asian with a strong emphasis on China. Yeah, I, I did notice that they, they seemed to think they were being more oh, yeah, broad everyone, Asia than they actually were. So I, I think don't maybe know what that's was a nitpick that. that this group of people would, un, would, would, would have a problem with because we know the difference between all these Asian countries and we know that people may in the U.S. may say Asian and mean everything when really it, you can't say that because even within China, it's so vastly different from the north to the south, mm-hmm. from the east to the west. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, I, I actually had a lot of fun and just seeing those character models, the way they move, the way they bounce, the faces. It makes the rest of the game look kind of ugly. Well, at least the people. You know, how, it makes how, them here's the most important thing: how are the trees in the new expansion? Crappy. Really? Yeah. Oh, that was the one thing. They just look like a like little. Uh, Sort of like flat paper planes placed at different angles to look like foliage. Well, it's not done yet, so hopefully they'll make it better. (laughs) Oh, and there were no girl pandas. Instead, yeah, they're not done with those yet either. (laughs) I'd walk up to people and they'd have to over their name would say, "I am a girl." (laughs) They put a bow on them. That's the only way you would know. (laughs) They put a bow on the girls, right? Oh yeah, they had there was a bow. Excuse me. (laughs) And I am. It's like Ms. Pac-Man. But do you know that starting quest is actually pretty interesting? Do you know anything about the quest in that area? No. Okay, so you're on the back of a turtle. That's the starting area. Like you sort of, you got, you were with a bunch of pandas who have the wander. I mean, excuse me, Pandaren. They left have- ten thousand years ago or something. They've been on a turtle yeah. for forever, and now they're finally getting somewhere. I don't know. So it's basically like Enter the Dragon. As soon as you get there, like you, you as soon as you walk in there, you're under the tutelage of Master Shangxi, and he's guiding you through. And you need to. There's not, this not big Master tut- Shang Tsung. No, Shangxi. Oh, okay. Shangxi. Okay. <laughs> and there's this. Beautiful temple, right, like at the center of this turtle's back. And it's like this big endeavor to get there because by the time you finally get there, you need to walk up like 100 steps. And by the time you get up there, you look over the, the landscape. You're like, wow, this is amazing. And what you really need to do, I mean, so at the center of this temple, you need to gather four different cute little spirits. There's like a fire spirit, a water spirit, 
an earth spirit and a, and a wind spirit. And they look like the cutest little uh, wild companion pets that you've ever seen. And you need to do different tasks to sort of gain their trust and guide them to the temple. And you're basically doing that throughout the thing. And I did that to like all nine levels. The last, I was this close to getting the wind one when I decided to take a break. Cool. But yeah, pretty interesting. Um, you oh, couldn't hold your chi any longer? No. <laughs> Okay. Literally. <laughs> All right. Oh, before one, one before one. Oh. Okay, so I will say I mentioned earlier this is probably the best the best BlizzCon I've been to. Just because the energy in the like the the, the energy at the show was so positive, and there was just so, people were hit with announcements after announcements. I mean, it's easy to make fun of last year's BlizzCon because the geek is thing. Yeah. Do you remember that geek is for like 30 minutes and he just shows like a PowerPoint slideshow? Geek is being excited for a main session where no announcements are happening and you're being strung along by a guy that you idolize. Oh, wait. Oh, that one hit too close to home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I was in I was a pretty good seat and I had a good view of like just normal people who, who camped down the front row, like in near the front. And... To see their faces, like all these people's faces light up. They're, I'm, I've never seen people's minds blown so severely and repeatedly in my life. It, it was just like, hey, guess what? Diablo 3 is coming. And here are the box are like, wow, that's great. And here's the collector distance. Oh, my God. And now there's a wow annual pass. What? Oh, and you get Diablo 3 for free. What? And there's pandas. What? And there's Pokemon. What? By the end, people's floors like – it's funny. There's this one guy right across from me, and his jaw would get progressively. His mouth would become more agape, like like his his mouth opened up a little bit with the first announcement, then a little bit more. Then by the end, his mouth was as wide as he could get. So Leave <laughs> it. It was just progressively blowing people's well, minds. A new like expansion that. in Diablo Three free for an ex- subscription. What was the other announcements? I mean, it was just the little things. Like okay. it really was. Like just like, hey, guess here's the collector's edition. It's like oh, that's pretty awesome. That's a good collector's edition. It, right. it started off small with a bunch of tiny little announcements, and it built to the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, oh, they and and here's a cinematic opening. Just to see real fans that excited, and just see their minds blown again and again. Pokemon. Like, oh. It was amazing. That's true. Wow, Wowamon. Oh. Yeah. Did you get to play and, with Wowamon at all? No, unfortunately, oh. I wasn't there. But it was funny when I was sitting there during the panel. I wasn't like sitting on a group of people, and they started describing it. And people were like, "Oh, that sounds like Pokemon." And then the more they kept on describing, people, we started looking around at each other. Is that Pokemon? That is. Pokemon. And then by the time they got to the part about the masters, everyone just starts laughing. Oh my god, they put Pokemon in the game. Mm-hmm. We thought we, we thought we were actively getting trolled. Well, let, let me put it to you this way. Nintendo has refused to do it, so Blizzard stepped up and they're going to do it. I don't think that's a bad thing. Hmm. I don't either. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Late. People are excited for it. They want to do it, um, so now they can do it. The only thing that we haven't had announced, and they really do need to add, if they're going to f- truly pull in the, the Pokemon people who are hardcore, is breeding. Breeding and having stats that you pass down from your poke- from your pets to other pets. However, as I have pointed out to Chris, that sounds exactly like what they would add in the next expansion. I feel like what they have now is a basic system that they're getting a feeler out for if people like it, and if they do, and if people are spending time on this, then they can elaborate on the system. I hope so. I bet it's getting to the point where they're combining like two of the most addictive things on the planet. It's, it's going to get to a point where people just start outlawing. Let, let me put it to you this way. Fire Mist is now interested in subscribing to WoW, and uh, to even get him thinking about that is amazing. <laughs> but there's hundreds of vanity pets, and the idea of like 
hey, you know that cool collector's edition pet I got from that thing five years ago? I well, can do something with that now. Probably. I we don't know what maybe. almost all I mean, means. here's the thing is, yeah, they said almost all pets. So does that so mean the Zergling from the original collector's edition right, doesn't um, count? One thing, yeah, I don't, I don't think my StarCraft 2 mini Thor would be allowed, really. Yeah, <laughs> one thing that we know for sure is not going to be an acceptable pet in the pet battlegrounds is Tyrael. Oh, why is that? <laughs> Um, it was just brought up as an example of a pet that wouldn't be usable uh, in the pet. Um, that's too bad. I mean, how many people have Tyrael? Like 1,500? Maybe. Tyrael. What's Tyrael for? Um, Tyrael was an event pet. Oh, oh it was the, yeah, it was it was the, the oh, 2008 Invitational yeah. where yeah. they announced Diablo 3. Yeah. And it was in Korea, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think it was Paris. Oh, sorry. It was somewhere outside of the U.S., so what it sounds like then is that so, yeah. anything with a very small distribution, they won't put the effort into supporting. Okay. It's fair enough. But I, I don't know why they do that instead of just saying it's a skin for something else, but whatever. They could just say it has the same stats as this. We just tie them together, and yours looks awesome, and people will want yours more. Or, or maybe, they could just release the pets. Oh, remember what they're making all the pets tradable? Uh, no, they're making pets that work in the system unbound. They are not making all pets unbound. Oh, okay. Right. Which is why things like Tyrael and probably things like Murky Marine. Right, right, right. That means pretty much anything collector's edition or account bound, you won't be able to use then, right? Well, some of the things that are currently account bound may become tradable. Like oh. the the pet the ones in the pet shop, they're putting one out already that is you, you buy it, you yeah. only get one copy of it, but you can sell it on the auction house. It is does that BOE. mean all the other pets I bought off the pet shop are guaranteed to not be usable by the system? No, it means that potentially they will be usable going forward. Yeah, but then I can't, if I make a new character, since it's no longer an account-bound pet, he won't have it? Hard to say. Yeah. They may change it, they may not. It's, people will be I'm upset sure either some, way, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's basically the dilemma, is, is like people are not going to be happy with the solution either way. Hmm. So, Manny, did you use the code for the little raggy? Because if not, I'm taking it. Little little rag. Oh, hey, hey, didn't I want that? Oh. Chris Everybody never sent it to me. <laughs> what? I thought you said you sent it to him, Chris. I don't know what's going on anymore. Oh, the cooking fire Ragnarok? Yeah. I took the sparkle pony. Sorry. Yeah, you got the sparkle oh, that was pony. It, yeah. Don't you complain about that. The, and the baby hippogriff. Uh-huh. But you gave me, I see, the only one I wanted out of the pets was... Oh, my it. gosh. Um, Manny, did you get to play Diablo 3? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. It was, it was, tell us about it. <laughs> I didn't get to play the PvP, unfortunately. It was um, they've enhanced the PvP with a team deathmatch style, four v four, and uh, instead of get when you get killed, you don't get knocked out of the match. You sort of cut, you get a bunch of it's sort of like tickets, like in a first person shooter multi uh, game where as you die, your your the other opposite team's tickets get ticked down. So it's interesting. I mean, it gives you more incentive. It gives you a sort of faster experience. And they're thinking about adding more modes to the PvP. Who knows? Maybe we'll see capture the flag, or or a, like a Blizzard Dota type type of thing. I did play Blizzard Dota. Cool. Which Tell me is about RPG like? Who'd you um, play? I played the Witch Doctor. Oh, nice. Okay. You just played just the, the Witch Doctor. Doctor. The Witch Doctor. You played. Do, 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 do. Um, Ooh, right. Okay, never mind. Anyway, um, so, shut up. <laughs> it's a lot more approachable. The UI, it's very the UI is a, a lot more streamlined. It just sort of the gameplay in general. It's you, you, if you've never played a Dota before, it all makes sense. You, when you level up, there's a big plus mark on the bottom of your screen for above the abilities grayed out, 
and you could click it. You can enhance things very easily. The armor and equipment's been uh, streamlined where it's just sort of like, I'm going to buy this book, this book level two, book level three, boots level, oh, and they're mounts now. So you don't have to worry about buying boots or how fast you are. You just mount up on what it, on your like cyber battle cat and you ride into battle. Cyber battle cat. That's what it looked like. It's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, they're going to offer this for free to just about anyone, including people who buy like the who don't buy. I mean, who uh, download the starter edition of StarCraft. I see a lot of potential for it, especially if you're a Blizzard fan. They're going to add a ton of characters to this. I mean, you name it, they're probably going to add it in there. I don't know why they're just making it a separate game download. Um, they said they probably will. At later. some point, they, they gave will. weird answers to that, though. Yeah, you could they, interpret they them gave, either way. Like, yeah. well, it's already part that's, of the starter edition, so it kind of is. Well, that's a huge download for that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I I can't imagine this not becoming a standalone game. It would have to completely tank and have zero interest for them. Not yeah, to. I guess that's probably what it is. They want to launch it, see if people are interested in it, if they can actually make downloadable content yeah, if that they people can monetize pay for viable, out of it. Yeah. then they'll do a separate download. Yeah. And it, it seems a lot more approachable than like a League of Legends, just because of uh, that sort of a smaller nature. They want like maybe 20 minute games. You play a few. That's no big deal. Yeah, I, I did like that. They're trying to get away from the um, bullcrap that is the League of Legends community and how mean they can be at times. <laughs> And and make it easy to jump in. The games are short. You don't feel bad if someone messes up because you're not going to be stuck with them for 45 minutes. <laughs> I felt the same stuff. way. I mean, I, I was in a match and we ended up losing and I didn't care too much because it was like, okay, that was fast. I'll go play another one. Yeah. Like you that's get exactly, you I mean, time for more than one during a lunch hour and that's key. They, well, they, they, that, I was going to say technically in League of Legends defense, they invented an entire new game mode to try and do to try Oh, is and that do what that, that is? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I haven't tried Plus the new Dominion. Game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of what Dominion you know, was trying to do. Yeah, well, this is trying to do the Dota game mode, but making it faster is yeah. what they're going for. But, and I will say, as someone who, who lost a quick match, and like, I learned a quick lesson. Okay, so that's how I played the Witch Doctor properly. Okay, I learned that lesson, and I moved on. It was so fast. Oh, and they've broken down the characters into different tiers. Like, uh, there's you have your siege characters, which are strictly designed to destroy towers. You have your tanks, your healers, and was that it? Tanks, healers? But yeah, there's, there's just three characters. There's support tanks and there's support tanks and um, DPS. DPS. No, there's a DPS. That's the fourth. Yeah. Well, I think there's just three. Well, whatever. The point is, they made it really easy. You could just tell on the freaking screen has who a does what. Quasi division between characters that are better at towers and characters that are better at heroes. Okay. Well, the, but the point is, they made it easy to figure out, how, you know, what your character is, how to build them and stuff. You don't need to have a web browser open next to your PC. With like a build and then a separate item build. And so it's like you're going to be able to actually just be in the game and have fun in the game rather than having to do an hour and a half of research first. I like and that. And it's really interesting. It's like if you know that I, I knew the Witch Doctor pretty well because I played them. I did play PvE, uh, Diablo 3, which is basically – I'll get that into a second. And I understood how the Witch Doctor played. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my blow – he has a blow gun and he has that zombie spell that, that grows up and grabs people. I know exactly what to do here. Or like if you knew anything about Arthas or Kerrigan, oh, I'll just stand back and snipe these people and go stealth. If you know anything about Blizzard IPs, you, you already have like an intimate knowledge of these characters and what their abilities are. Hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, like the Thrall character. Like, oh, Thrall's a shaman. I know what I'll do. I'll throw up totems and heal people or that kind of stuff. Or call a battle wolf out. I mean, if you know anything about it, it's great. Oh, uh, I did play Diablo 3. Same thing as the beta, just enhanced with some of the tweaks that they learned from the beta. Still fun as always. 
Cool. And uh, uh, I played two missions from Heart of the Swarm. And that game is just like it feels strange. It's like War, someone got Warcraft three into my into my Starcraft two. Oh, why do you say that? Because you control the hero unit. I mean, Kerrigan is the focus is all on Kerrigan on the battlefield. Well, there she were, has there were mm-hmm. ish, there were missions in Wings of Liberty where you had hero units on the battlefield. Um, yeah, but those hero different? units didn't have loadouts and they didn't get new oh. abilities over the course of the game. Okay, okay, that's like for cool. example. Uh, if if you do the side objective, you know, you, you know, you won't always want to do the side objectives to get achievements in StarCraft too. But you want to do it here because if you do the side objectives, Kerrigan gets plus 40, plus 40 health or plus 30 uh, special ability. And as you do level up, so do your Zerg. You can get to pick different illusion paths for them. You get to pick new abilities for them. Kerrigan unlocks new abilities. Like by the end of the demo, unfortunately, it's only 30 minutes long, but by the end, I unlocked a new... Uh, sort of infestation Kerrigan, which was even better than the other Kerrigan I was using, which used, like, she had, like, a lane ability that would chain between people and the ability to lift people up. But the uh, infestation Kerrigan could summon Banelings at will, and she could uh, put down, like, a little... What are those new StarCraft II units? The, 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 you know, the ones that burrow and they, uh, the little things come out of them and attack structures? You can put one of those oh, yeah, down yeah. on the floor. And just really? Have nice! Yeah, but it's great because this Kerrigan was awesome. She was like a she was like a siege Kerrigan, and I could just go in there and just completely decimate a base within seconds with my little Banelian army with a quick cooldown and the, the little siege the tower I can put down. It, it feels like it's going to be strange because it's going to feel like an RPG by the time you're done with that game because you're going to always be playing Kerrigan. You're going to get stronger after every mission. You have choice about where you take her and where you take her army. So it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm excited to see that. Excellent. Um, anything else? I didn't go to the concert. You didn't? And wait, wait. No. You didn't? No. Why? I had to leave early, and I was probably better off just uh, trying to play some games before I left. Wow. Actually, it, yeah, that's when I played Diablo 3. It was right before. Oh, okay. Well, you should be able to hear it from the concert. Oh, anyway. Um, the concert scene, we watched it on the, on the live stream, and it was pretty good. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yes, they are now the level ninety elite Torn chieftains. Yes, and oh, uh, did you guys? I didn't know what the controversy was. People can talk about like a Blizzard controversy. I didn't see the opening. What Blizzard controversy? About oh, uh, you haven't heard anything about that. I just know there was a controversy in that uh, Glad was upset. Who? Uh, gays against wait, gay league against defamation and discrimination. Okay. Hang on, I gotta go to the links. Because of what? Hang on Hang a on. second. Because all the stories were being so vague, nobody wanted to say what they were, what was said on the video or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's the other one. Okay. No. Well, it did end. It did end with um, the CEO guy apologizing on the forums over it. Oh, Mike Morhan. Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. There you go. Riveting live television, everybody. The screening of a, an expletive and anti-gay slur-filled video at the closing show of annual BlizzCon convention. Yeah, remember that guy who from Corpse Grinder? No. Um, he was swearing a lot in the video. And how oh, I think I've seen this video before. This guy's like, 
yeah, those homos, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And he came out and did the screaming during the Call of the Elements. Wait, 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 wait. The language in the video was bleeped out, but its original content was well known enough. So people are upset that they showed a censored version of the video because the source material was bad. I guess the feeling is that they shouldn't have brought the video in at all. Right. Period. Well, the, yeah, that's the generally the Grinder guy is a moron. I don't know why they brought him on. They, you know, he yeah, that's kind of. Like, I think that's the general feeling. Like, come on, Blizzard. Why, like, who can, yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's generally it. Blizzard have some class, you know. And, which is interesting well, too, at because least the apology um, was classy. During the WoW open Q and A, uh, a, a lesbian gamer came up and said, "Are you guys and are you guys going to start representing uh, gay lesbian characters or transgender people in your games?" And uh, what was his name? Chris Metzen's like, you know what? We don't care what you're into or whatever. We want to represent our players, whoever they may be. So, yeah, if there's a good story, that's what we care more about, and we'll put them in there. Yeah, no, he's, he, he's you know, to give the right answer. No, he didn't give the right answer. He, he gave the, right. the blow-off answer. He gave the blow-off answer. What he basically <laughs> didn't want to say is that, you know, we haven't written a story with – we haven't seen a need for that to come up, and we're not going to force it in. I'm sorry to let you know we're not going to force it in just to make sure you're represented. Is that, that I mean, that's the truth of the situation. So, yeah, if it comes up, we'll use it, and I'm, I'm sure they will, and it might come up. But, you know, let's face it. They're writing this world, so it's going to reflect kind of like what they normally think of or what comes to their mind for their relationships. So if they don't necessarily bend that way themselves, it may be reflected in their work, and you just kind of need to deal with that. So I, I – it, it's not I thought like you know it was it was a good answer in that yeah we're going to put gay and lesbian stuff in there if we find a place for it but let's be honest we just haven't found a place for it yet so do you think we're oh, really uh, going to find a place for it in the future That's a valid I, I, I think you're right Chris those good, I mean that's a completely valid point where they paid the proper lip service but you're right if they actually why haven't they found a place for it in 20 years if they really you know uh, it just hasn't it, it, it and I don't think it's like a purposeful like exclusion. It's just not no, something right. I've I mean, ever thought to do. It's not you know different people create different things based on their experiences where they come from. Maybe now that he's thinking about it, he'll be like, oh, I should do this because you know I promised to do it and maybe he will. But I, you know, people are different. Uh, you can't just shoehorn this stuff in there. I mean, uh, do you really want a token gay homosexual couple in the game? Oh, that'd be even worse. Yeah, exactly. It? Right. So I don't know. G- it's I, I, want, I, want, I want Anna to chime in on what I said there because she said a different. No, I mean, I. You're basically saying exactly what I would have said. Oh, I mean, okay. the problem, and you, you pretty much nailed it on the head, is that the problem is, is they have to have a good, compelling gay character if they're going to have one. Because if they half-ass it. It's going to be a million times worse. Yeah, and if they didn't, and, and it's, it's actually it kind of an unfortunate situation because if you have a crappy straight character, you just write them off. If you have a crappy gay character, they think you did it on purpose. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny, but it happens too. Like, like uh, even in subtle ways with other games, like uh, like in character creators or just in games where there aren't like represented like black Latino characters, just because there isn't anyone on that team who knows how to write that character properly or has that perspective in their own background. Oh, and even if you based they, on someone you actually know, if that if that person you know is slightly stereotyped in the least, people will say you were putting up a stereotype version. Because, it's like because the funny thing is because it's only one person that that one guy knows, so there's that one guy who has to represent that entire group of people but, in a strange way. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You try and base it off a real person. This is a real person. This is not a stereotype, and even that will get lambasted because people see elements of the stereotype in real well, people then, because that's <laughs> where stereotypes come from. <laughs> I, I was going to tell Manny about this after the podcast, but serious white girl problem, Manny. I've been.
been reading some of the the reviews on on Glee, and the one side says that the straight guy doesn't play a convincing gay guy, and the other side says that the gay guy doesn't play a convincing straight guy. But both of them agree that the guy who's in there as a regular and gay is completely overblown. Both sides agree on that. <laughs> I know it's hard. To, it's hard. To <sighs> Yeah. And this is why like, we don't have good representation of LGBT in, in the the general media because people ask for it and then completely complain. <laughs> Guys, have you heard that there are new units in StarCraft Two? Hard yeah, one? You, <laughs> you get to play with Manny because you said you mentioned the you got to play with the 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 Zerg ones. So did you play uh, with any of the Protoss or the Terran stuff? Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance. I just played the. The, the two missions. One was like this great flash uh, mission on an ice planet where every like yeah. five minutes the planet would flash freeze. When in the pres- they were talking about that in the presentation where, you know, they, they were describing the Zerg as the ultimate adapter and that they go to this planet where that has frequent flash freezes and how Kerrigan has to handle that and in and her swarm. Which is really interesting because you see them evolve over the course of that mission. You kill a few of these Yeti creatures that naturally survive on this planet and the flash freezes, and you get a little bit faster. You get a little bit faster. And eventually you get to the point where you're completely immune to these flash freezes. Unfortunately for the Protoss, they aren't. Who you're f- and so I got to the point where you just wait for the flash freeze, and you just roll in there with your units, and you decimate the army before the, before the flash freeze subsides. That and is pull- cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And the other the other mission I played is you're uh, racing against uh, another brood queen, who uh, who's right. trying to collect a bunch of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're- Overmind is dead. There and Kerrigan is quote unquote human again. Who is the leader of the swarm? And that's what that's what a lot of this thing is. You're trying to reassert your power over the over your swarm, get revenge on Minsk, and eventually, I'm guessing by the end of the game, figure out what you want to do about Rainer, whether you want to reconnect with him if you can. Oh, and the, about the future of like the greater looming threat that I'm in, sure the pro- yeah, actually, that was the thing I was going to ask. In in any of your missions, did you run into Duran? No, no. I, at this point, it's just I need to reassert myself. <laughs> I don't know if I you. Just- <laughs> um, there was an awesome StarCraft Two panel, and someone uh, it it was like a, a lore a lore panel story behind um, Heart of the Swarm, and a, a guy walks up and is like. Is Narud ever gonna come back? And Chris Madsen was Duran. like, "Or sorry, yeah, is Duran? Is Duran gonna come back? back? Yeah. And and does he have any relationship to Narud? And what's going on there? And Chris Madsen sort of does the does the left right eyeball, and then looks to the guy and goes, "Let me put it this way: Duran, Narud, Duran, Narud." You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice touch. Oh, Richard guy. People that entire show is just Richard guy. No, it, he was only in one panel. I just mean in general, that kind of oh. personality type. Oh, well, I mean, that's every year. Yeah. The thing about Redshirt guy is he actually found something that one year. Yeah. That, that's he, what separates him. Like, he actually. Pointed out something was, legitimate. <laughs> and it was interesting because he was back this year and in the WoW lore panel, he was first in line and Chris saw him and jumped out of his seat and ran across the stage and gave him a huge cool. hug. It was great. Except the guy looked slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was a fun BlizzCon. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that Tyrell statue near the, the Diablo 3 stage? Yeah. Did you guys see that? 
Mm. Yes. Yeah. They they did uh, close-ups of it um, when Jeff Keighley wasn't being annoying. Oh, man. What was up with that? What's her name? She was on the – she married the Brady Bunch guy. I have no idea what that means. Ah, uh, who cares? Anyway, she was terrible. But um, I will say it was interesting. I was I was eating lunch, and uh, I was sitting like at a table with three other with three people who happened to be some lead developers on uh, Diablo three, and just to hear what they were talking about, it was so funny. Like, so did you guys see the Tyrell statue downstairs? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So where are we gonna put that? Uh dude, I don't know. I guess we could put it in that one room next to the arcades. No, it won't fit in there. Yeah, dude, it'll totally fit in there. Carry, we had carry it in there one time. Thrall was next to the arcade machines. We just yeah, but the tendrils are too big. Where are we gonna? It'll fit in the it'll fit in the room next to the arcade machines. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just to hear that kind of silly inside baseball is ridiculous. So what are you gonna do later? Oh, I got an interview with Cat Hunter and Keeley later at five. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Nervous. Where did you hear this? I was in the press room eating lunch. Oh, and the okay. Three Diablo three guys were just sitting there eating their lunch. That's awesome. And Ghost Crawler was in the corner just eating some M and M's or something, just hanging out. Dude, next time you go to BlizzCon, I'm going to, like, send you something because I totally want his autograph. All right. It'll be funny. You just cause it, it, It's it's kind of a casual thing on the second floor that a lot of the Blizzard people are just walking around. And to hear their kind of conversations, it, it's pretty funny. Cause it's, just, it's, it's sort of mundane but in, in a wonderful way. So where are we going to put our massive 30-foot Tyrell statue that took years to make? Next to the arcade machines, of course. Where else? If this Talk about where they're putting it in the offices. Yeah, the Blizzard office. What do they do with the old statues, I wonder? <laughs> I guess they put it next to the other arcade machines oh, on the okay. other side. <laughs> yeah, it was just – it was so funny because it was such a mundane conversation about something that's like everyone was gawking at the entire show and like taking tons of pictures. It's like, yeah, dude, don't worry about it. We'll put it next to the vending machine. Where should be, we store our gold, our gold? You know what's bullion, funny you know? is I actually just had a conversation like this because we had a huge Gabrielle's Ghostly Grove statue in the Netsume booth this year. And it actually got back to the Netsume office like mm, – not last week, but the week before, and we we were skyping and discussing where it would go. Yeah, it's I think so that's funny totally how mundane equivalent. those conversations get. <laughs> yeah, like to, the people, like the fans, it's like, oh my god, look at this statue! It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's just it becomes such a mundane conversation. Well, we could put it in the garage. No, man, we need a park back there. We can't put it in the garage. I love it. Oh, Anna, you're inside baseball. Okay, so any other general thoughts about BlizzCon? Uh, great energy. People were excited the whole time for everything. I mean, they hit. I think they hit everything really hard. Even the casual little stuff for Diablo Three, it was enough to get those fans excited. You know, collector's edition. I, I mean, I was so excited. I had to actually. Pre- I was while those guys were having the conversation about where to put the Tyrell the statue. It's so funny. While they were discussing where to put the Tyrell statue, I was pre-ordering the collector edition of Diablo Three on Amazon. Awesome. Wow. So it was just, I mean, I think the wild people were ecstatic. They were so happy. Uh, everyone was really high on pandas. Everyone was really excited about wild Pokemon. The StarCraft guys, their minds were blown. You could see them, the wheels turning in their head. How am I going to use this, use this new unit? How am I going to use this new unit? I think they hit everything they need to hit this year, and everyone was happy. So it was really exciting. And even if you were there just for, uh, just for, the, sh- for the concert, it seems like it was a pretty good concert. Yeah, I I can't get you let you get away with high on pandas. <laughs> How are you smoking pandas? <laughs> get high on pandas. <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret. High on pandemonium. All right. 
Uh, were there good panda puns in the demo that you got to play? Uh, all I heard was uh, Panda, panda Express. Express. It was so funny. Everyone named every every single person who was playing had a strange panda name. One guy was called Panda Express. One guy was called Pandemonium. You know, just any silly name you can make with a panda, some guy picked it. <laughs> so right. it was pretty bizarre. All right. So yeah, good fun. Cool. Good, good fun. Uh, all right. Well, that took this a is while. The, this, this is definitely the most interesting Diablo 3 com- I mean, uh, BlizzCon conversation we've ever had. Uh, An entire 15-minute tw- tirade in the middle about... Homosexual wow. commentary. Yes. I, I'm going to have to release a public statement on the forums in a couple days. And, uh, An apology? Yeah. yeah. Um, we, uh, we have voicemails. We do, but we probably shouldn't do them. Because um, <laughs> we're long. Are they that bad? No, we're just long. Uh, let's do some feedback. So this was cool. Uh, people thought of a good question in the forums past week what rpg is there a video game uh rpg if you wish to be specific that you've purchased and enjoyed even though you believe there's only a few other fans who've even heard of it and rose storm jumped right in <laughs> what'd you say rose storm legend of dragoon yeah and as i pointed out in the pre-show it isn't that people haven't heard of legend of dragoon it, it is that it is so completely mediocre and pedantic that it is utterly forgettable yeah so take that <laughs> i have no opinion on legend of Dragoon. i don't know if anyone else on the show does other than anna never heard of it never, never heard of it from, <laughs> from about in europe what man? sorry yeah, I don't think it came out in Europe, so. Oh, I was just saying that for me, Legend of Dragoon will always be the game where, like, a epic CG cutscene, dragons flying, like, flying into view, and then some guys' get, heads get cut off, and he said, Randy, he cut my head off! Did you <laughs> see that? He cut my head off! What is that? Legend, you don't remember the Legend of Dragoon commercial that would no. play on TV endlessly? And what it was like... In the middle of this, in the middle of this like dramatic thing, Square Enix level CG trailer, some guy accidentally cuts another guy's head off, and then he complains to the director. Ah, weird. No one's seen that. That's <laughs> no. all I know from, about Legend of Goon. Is that I don't remember commercial. the TV commercials. <laughs> it's so bad. Wow, I'm gonna find terrible. it. No, that sounds awful. Uh, Von Beardley on the forums also piped in, said, uh, "I know most people have tried the game and hate it. I know that most people that have tried the game hate it more, but more people have never heard of it." Okay, let me try that again. I know that most people that have tried the game hate it, but more people have never heard of it. It's a game called Seventh Saga for the SNES. Not sure why, but I love the game, and not a single one of my gaming friends has ever heard of it. I thought Seventh Saga was Nintendo. SNES would be Nintendo. It's not put out by Nintendo, if that's what you mean. I thought Seventh Saga was NES. Oh, no, no. It's SNES, apparently. Whatever. But, yeah, I don't remember Seventh Saga, so that one's out there. John, Roy, no Seventh Saga experience? Nope. Okay. So we can't comment here. We'll keep moving. Lord Kaiser says Secret of the Stars was very obscure. No one knew what... uh, No one ever knew of what game I was talking about. So... Uh, Secret of the Star. I, I don't know what game he's talking I've about. I've heard it, but never played it. <laughs> See, I, I don't um, even know. We should my, ask people to describe what the game was. <laughs> my my pick would definitely be uh would be Boktai. Boktai. The sun is in your hands. You know, I have to say that the the I always loved the idea of Boktai. I loved the implementation. I just it just didn't fit my lifestyle. <laughs> Going outside 
Ugh. <laughs> didn't they didn't they have a third Boktai game that they changed the name of and you didn't have to go outside? Oh yeah, and the the the, the sun and the moon was on the top screen of the DS. Yeah. <laughs> so Anna, let me ask you. Did you I remember watching the trailer? I mean, the, the first cutscene was animated explaining how Boktai even worked. Did you at some point run outside the house and say, "I need to kill this vampire?" Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. If I was going up against a vampire, I was always sitting outside. Okay, so you didn't actually think, I need to get outside now. There's only a sliver of sun left. No, no. I, I regularly played outside. In fact, um, I, I was working a few jobs at the mall at that point. So anytime I had a break, I'd just duck outside the mall and play. How does that work with a Game Boy SP? What do you mean? Well, doesn't that cover the sensor? Um, yeah, it's, I used an old Game Boy Advance to play ah, it. okay. And not the SP. And that was the problem. You had to have an old Game Boy Advance to play. I guess a DS with the slot on the bottom would nope. work. No? Also, it doesn't work. Why? Because it faces down or something? Yeah, the it covers the sensor in some fashion. I don't remember how. That's I remember because I was going to sell my old Bakta games to Jooms, and he mm-hmm. did some research and found out that it didn't. So uh... it didn't work. So yeah, it's it's only Game Boy Advance that it works on. So all right, last one is from Strawberry Eggs, who says both Bot and Kaitos games fall under that. Well, yes. I know a number of people who played the first game. game. You'll be hard pressed to find anyone who has played the second game, and even fewer who've played. Both. They're great games, and it's a shame that they're so very overlooked, especially the second game. I think the second game was translated by 8.4. So well, the those... other problem is, is that you know it came out like like less than a month before the Wii came out or something yeah. like that. It was right at the end of the Game Boy, or the GameCube cycle. People, there weren't a lot of reviews of it. People didn't yeah. hear about it much. I, I, still regret trading, I still regret trading the first one in before I finished it. Oh, it's really good. I loved it. Ooh, ooh, we've got forum. People in the forums are going crazy. Stage says, Legend of the Groom was a total piece of crap. He bought it and hated it. It isn't epic. Most of the cutscenes are hieroglyphics. I don't know what that means, but okay. And Von Beardley pipes in and says, Secret of the Stars was just an extremely boring and crazy easy game made by Tecmo. Feels like a starter RPG. Oh, so it's like a (laughs) Mystic Quest. (laughs) Final Fantasy USA. (laughs) But someone someone pointed out to me properly that if you take this battle theme from Mystic Quest and combine it with uh, this is Shaman on Twitter, if someone were to take the battle theme from Mystic Quest and combine it with a, a an MMA style cage match, um, that it would totally watch that and be awesome. And I have to agree, the <laughs> battle theme from Mystic Quest makes anything fantastic. So got some good music. Um. Obscure games? Do I have any? No, I'm not. I'm not cool enough to have obscure games. Do, do you have any, um, John? Uh, what do you think the answer is? Yeah, <laughs> some sort of super robot Gundam. Well, no, the thing F- is, is I've I've spoken about I've probably spoken about uh, Super Robot Wars enough on this cast, and I know that there are several people on staff that that have at least played one of the games, like um, Nathan and uh, Scott and stuff. Um, the the two that immediately sprung to mind was um, back in 2005 um, Square Enix tried to launch a new um, IP called uh, oh god what was it Code Age Commanders I think it was it was a multimedia um, so PS2 cell oh, oh, oh. phone no 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 let's not say multimedia how, how does Square Enix say that Trans- I don't know no 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 the pan um Oh, I need Michael here. He knows how they put it. All right, never mind. Go ahead. I think the from his transmedia experience. Um, uh, and I bought the PS2 game, and I have a few editions of the manga. And it was a. It's kind of. It is. It definitely tends more to an action game, but uh, I think poor sales prevented them from um, like continuing it. And I don't know 
of practically anyone who's heard of it outside of Japan because it was a relatively low-key release in Japan only in 2005. Um, the other one, which a lot more people have probably heard of, is the real-time strategy game Sacrifice made by Shiny in the year 2000, which mm. is absolutely brilliant and nobody played it. Um, but you can buy it on good old games. So, yeah. And uh, Skies of Arcadia is relatively obscure stage in the chat room, but... Um, it's not uh, that obscure. It's not that obscure. It is still my favorite JRPG of all time, but its I don't think it's obscure. You know, it's funny. I think all the my, the games that I find obscure are obscure to most gamers, but not to this community. You know, for me, Nocturne, when I found the Nocturne, I thought, like, wow, I found this real gem here. They only pressed so many. When I found From Mission 3, I'm like, man... No one else is playing this game or Skies of Arcadia or Grandia 2, but to this community, that's all old hat. What is the best front mission game, by the way? Five. <laughs> Wait, no, isn't it the bad one? No, five is the best. Oh, okay. Front mission five, yeah. Well, it, it, well, actually, I don't know. I never played it. I just, from everything I hear, <laughs> that's like the joke. That's the joke, is that five is the best, and that's why we didn't get it. Oh, we didn't get five. Okay, I it's thought we did one that's really bad to evolve. I didn't think we got number one or two, right? You know why five will say the best is because it took. Okay. You know, it's interesting. Three is probably the best for someone to come in and play because, it, for the most part, it's kind of standalone. While it takes place in the same universe, yeah. a lot of it takes place in Japan and deals with like a lot of Japanese issues and like some stuff within Asia. So it's the easiest to jump into if you don't have any history with the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. But the reason why 5 is supposedly the best is because Square Enix took everything they learned making all the other games. You know, it had great cutscenes. It had uh, the entire game didn't take place with talking heads and in little corners. They were actually like player models talking. And the game took place over such a long period of time, it kind of encompassed all of the other games. So because it follows a player from his childhood, dealing with the first Huffman War all the way to the second, to the problems of From Mission 3, From Mission 4, and all the way to the end. So it's like wow. a prequel and a sequel all at the same time. It has like the best cutscenes, the best voice acting, and the best dialogue. And unfortunately, From Mission was already a failing series by that time, which oh. means we didn't get it. Okay, check this out. I didn't know there were this many Front Mission things. So Front Mission, Front Mission, this is in order of release. Front Mission, Front Mission Gun Hazard, Front Mission 2. Front Mission Alternative, Front Mission 3, Front Mission First, Front Mission History, Front Mission 4, Front Mission 2089, Front Mission Online, Front Mission 5, Scars of the War. I didn't know there was an online game. Front Mission 2089-2. Oh, wow. I didn't know Front Mission got the X2 treatment as well. Front Mission 2089, Border of Madness. Okay, that's three three games for one first subtitle. Okay. Front Mission Evolved, which everyone hates. So, Sweet. Uh, do you want me to run down the full list of Super Robot Wars games? No, I'll be, we'll be here we don't have enough time. Some... There's only like 52 of them or something. <laughs> only 52? Only? only? Yeah. I, I actually don't believe that. I bet there's more. <laughs> I think it's. I think at the last count, I think it's about 50 or so. But several of those are um, uh, remakes during the... Um, uh, like. Do you, do you remember, does anyone remember the Wonder Swan? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 A lot of them were, a lot, quite a few of them were remakes around the time of putting like the the SNES games on the Wonder Swan and stuff like that. Okay. And um, like uh, Super Robot Wars F, which I think was for the SNES, was then re-released as a much better F final, which came out on the Sega Saturn. Which kind of some people count as separate games, even though they're kind of technically not. F sort of. is for oh. final. Yeah, you can see how well that turned out. That's only like game number 10. 
Oh, I was just say? about to say, if, if you guys want to know more about the Front Mission series, go to Hardcore Gaming 101, and they have an entire overview of the entire series and every game. So if you want to feel like you've played it, just go read through that entire thing. Great. <laughs> you know what I want to feel like? I want to feel like we start the news. So let's start the news. But first, Manny, do you need to take off? Uh, I got a couple more minutes. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, every. I think the the moving truck is a little late. All righty. Um, sounds great. So let's jump into the news while our full crew is still here. And the first big thing: Final Fantasy Type Zero is coming out soon in Japan. And uh, it's out actually. Oh, it's out in Japan. It was, it was out yesterday. Okay. So check and this it out. It got good reviews. It's got two UMDs. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So the first disc is the beginning and end of the game, while the second disc is the middle. I don't think I've ever seen a game do that either. But you can again, as I explained in the pre-show, it's because of the massive FMVs they have at the beginning and the middle, in the end. So they got because the FMV like the op- disc and the game disc. <laughs> Pretty much, because the beginning FMV by itself is ten minutes long. So this is and Lord um, knows how long the ending is. This is like the third game we've been late. This is like the well, this is the third of four games in the Fabula Nova Crystallis thing um i wonder if that's even that's even a thing anymore it's like all the final fantasy 13 stuff still no word on verses by the way um <clears throat> so in this one type zero you can oh, no, read apparently there has been a um there has been a uh some someone somewhere has apparently heard that now that us uh, like no more or something has said now that uh type zero is out they're shifting um all of their development work to verses so does that mean uh gummy bear Adventure Kingdom Hearts is also done? Who knows? Okay. Dream Drop Dissidia? I don't know. All right. So Chocobo Breedings in Type Zero. There's there's some story points in the... You can read the story for that. And there's a new game plus, and it's still not announced to even come out in the U.S. And I don't know why I even talked about this other than it's kind of a slow news week. And the cutscenes look pretty and make me wish it was coming out here. We hope it's coming out. Does it actually take place in the Final Fantasy thirteen world? Is that even true anymore? Does anybody know? I don't think any of them take place in the same world. Really? I, I think they said it's, a, it's using the same mythology in all of them. Hmm. Okay. But I don't think that any, actually, any of them actually take place in the same world. So, we're st- so apparently Type-0... So, oh, oh, this is important. Severin Mira ordered the original soundtrack for Type-0 and it shipped today. So I thought everybody should know that. Very, very important. All right. Kingdom, speaking of Dream Drop Distance, there's uh, weird crap being added to uh, to Kingdom Hearts 3D. So you will get... Um, okay. It's showing how Neku from The World Ends With You is in it. And... Um, well, that's no, it. I, I saw some of the reactions to that. Um, I don't understand. Like before, the story before, doesn't say what else is in here. So before um, before uh, that was announced, people were like, oh, you know, another Kingdom Hearts spinoff. Nobody will ever want to play that. And then right. suddenly it's like, oh, there's, then there's this guy from the World Ends with You, and everyone's suddenly like, oh shit, I must play this game right now. They really like World Ends with You. <sighs> yeah. So he's in there, and there's a there's a countdown on his hand for some reason. That's part of the World Ends With You story. Oh, okay. So there's a countdown on his hand still. So apparently they're just like, not only Final if Fantasy. I yeah. If I make a... If wait, I make wait, a wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. You've, you've asked me... You've had this reaction 17 times now, Anna. I have not played The World Ends With You. And I'm going to continue to be indignant about that. Well, no, but you... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? I'm so indignant, Chris. I'm going to go leave. Ah, That's how indignant <laughs> I am about this. I will not come back until you play The World Ends With You. All right. Well, uh, about, for- the, uh, about the whole um, hand clock thing, do you think people hold will on, consider on, me on. a little Manna's bit too act- nerdy? Hold on, if hold, on. I- hold on, hold on. Man is, Manny's actually leaving, so oh. see you, Yeah, Manny. it was, it was my segue. You guys gave me such an open. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Next time you see me, I'll be killing orcs. All right. All right. See you, Manny. Now, what is this oh, other hand, hand, hand clock hand jive, John? If I, uh, do you, if I make a reference to Logan's run, will people think I'm too nerdy? Uh, I wouldn't get it. <laughs> so <laughs> it would go over my head. Oh, good. I'll... Sorry. All right, so I just watched this thing, and in addition to Neku showing up, there's some huge, weird, round puppy dog thing that Sora rides on at some point, it looks like. And can summon him in, in battle. So that, and it's like a heartless thing that is his familiar or something. So that's kind of weird. So that's our news for Dream Drop Distance. Um, the Neku stuff, which we kind of known for a few weeks now. And uh, whatever. So. Although, Chris, you shouldn't feel entirely bad because I haven't played The World Sins with you either. Ah, excellent. You know what I have played, and I think you've played too, is Magicka. Correct? Oh, that game's fun. That game's fun. You know what that game needs? More Cthulhu. Cthulhu. So that's what it's getting. It's called the Stars yeah, so Magica. The Stars are left. The, the 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 wizards have decided after unearthing an old copy of the Necronomicon that they're going to take turns reading random pages. Oh, all right. Let's read mm-hmm. random pages. <laughs> Uh, right, so going with this, Cthulhu saves the world, and there was one other game that came out like the last Cthul- year or so that the had Cthulhu, Cthulhu saves in the it. world, guys. Like I'm gonna let them know that if they want to use anything from Cthulhu saves the world, they can. <laughs> That'd be awesome for Cthulhu saves the world to show up in Magica. What, what I'm, I'm sh- I forget what it was. I think there was one other game that used Cthulhu within the past year or so. Yeah, Munchkin Cthulhu. Cthulhu games in the now. past year. Um, something there was a new life. Arkham Horror board expansion. Yeah, I don't know. Cthulhu related releases for 2011. You know, I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of the South Park episode. Use Cthulhu. Hmm. Scribble Knots came out on the iPhone for five dollars. Use Cthulhu in that. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, da 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 da. Uh, I'm afraid I don't know, but it's okay. And uh, that's weird. Uh, Noodles posting in the chat room Cthulhu heart symbol, which is not really... That's kind of weird. Okay. So there we go. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Super Scribble Knots has some Cthulhu stuff. Munchkin, Elder Sign, Dungeons & Dragons, blah, 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 blah. Nope. Arkham Horror. Yeah, sorry. Can't help you. Uh, maybe in the Sherlock Holmes game or something. I don't know. So Cthulhu Mythos meets Magicka, and that's all we really know. They didn't really say, there's like no footage of it. So there will be robes, maps, enemies, items, spells, achievements about Cthulhu. Enjoy. Look forward Shrippery! to the <laughs> Magicka comedy is pretty good. So uh, I'm sure they will integrate it in a way that is uh, quite awesome. And speaking of quite awesome games, here's one that had to stop charging a subscription for itself. Yeah. So, DC, DC Universe <laughs> Online is now free yeah. to play. It's a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, which will it will be free to play on this coming Tuesday. 
and free it's got three levels this is great free premium and legendary and there's a chart because you know one of my favorite things about mmos is charts that explain what you're doing in them oh this one doesn't have any arrows or hard to follow diagrams like the final fantasy 11 ones all right (laughs) so there's free you get to Access the game for free. Have up to two characters, 28 inventory slots. Seriously, that's kind of a weird thing to limit. 12 bank slots, blah, 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 blah. Is there level limits? I don't see level limits. All right. Then there's no, no, premium. I doubt there are level limits. Spend five bucks or more, period, ever, at any point in time. Uh, you get all, all right, you're back in. You get more character slots, more inventory slots. You get auction slots, which you don't get if you're free. You get bank slots. Okay, you get more currency. You, yeah, there's a limit on your wallet with free and premium. Uh, your limit's slightly higher with premium, 2,000 as opposed to 1,500. Great. You could do more chat. Like, you can chat more often and do voice chat. If you do premium, you can't even do voice chat. Okay, whatever. You can send mail, blah, 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 blah. Okay, screw that. Legendary is this normal subscription. So you get the game, you get all the expansion paths for free, you get everything unlocked. So ba- it basically, it works pretty much exactly how the, um, the City how of the Heroes and I, think the, and I think the Champion Online one works as well. They have the same, Just, same levels? Yeah, so basically the, the, the free-to-play model is now almost virtually identical between the three major superhero MMOs. All right, so there you go. And now all the superhero MMOs are like all the other superhero MMOs, and this one's DC Universe, and you still get the old storylines instead of the weird rebooted DC storylines and uh, so forth. So go enjoy DC Universe Online while you take a break from Arkham City. Since that's what everybody who's into DC is doing right now, they're playing Arkham City. Or so says my Twitter. I don't know if yours agrees. Okay. I could tell that was a popular one. How about uh, Konami and Beyond the Labyrinth? Uh, Tri-Ace uh, developed RPG called Beyond the Labyrinth. It's coming out January 19, 2012. Anyone going to import that? I know I'm not. Because it looks like pretty much just like a graphically souped up version of Etrian Odyssey. It looks just like Etrian Odyssey, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do you even make your own map? I don't know, but uh, it is dungeon exploration. So yeah, maybe Etrian Odyssey without the burden of drawing the map. I actually would appreciate that. I don't like the idea of drawing the map. So, Although that's part of the niche of Etrian Odyssey, though, is making the map. Yeah, I don't want to be... I'm not part of that niche, though. That's not plain to me. So... I don't know if this is any good. It's Trias developed. It's a dungeon exploration. It's only got a Japanese release right now, and it's out January 19th. That's all I got for you. Sorry. If you're, if you're into those Seventh Dragon, Etrian Odyssey sort of things, I don't have more details for you. Okay, but I do have something really cool. If you happen to own Total War 2, or Medieval 2 Total War, um, it's Why a five... is this RPG news again? Because Sorry. of Zelda. Because we cover cool. Zelda. Oh. So... <laughs> And because you. it's cool. And because it's cool. If you own Medieval Total War, Medieval Two Total War, I can't even say it. it old, it's an old RTS game. It's like ten bucks now. You can download a free mod that converts it to Zelda-based factions in your RTS game. So you, you have hi- Goron, Zoras, Deku Tribe, Sheikah, Kokiri, um, etc. And, and <laughs> you can take the Kokiri on a rampage across the country, and I love it. So that's all I got. There's a video of it. Um, One Up has a video of it. It's GameSpy has it, and uh, it can uh, you can find the mod for free. The game's like ten bucks on Steam. Yeah, he could probably actually charge for that mod, and people would buy it. Yeah, except Nintendo would shut him down. How? Why would Nintendo shut him down? Because that's not his prop. It, those are copyrighted materials. Oh uh, well, change the name <laughs> and the and the design. <laughs> I don't know. 
the Zelda Total War that's totally not Zelda mod. Yeah. Well, you know what Nintendo's lawyers are like. Wow, someone actually knows which episode of RPG Cast had the confusing return to return to Vanadil chart discussion. Episode sixty-five. I love that discussion. I, I still don't understand that chart. I've Wait, looked at that chart years past. <laughs> who knew that? Yeah. Uh, that was uh, Severin. Silktail. Oh, Silktail. Sorry, Silk. Silktail. Good job, Silktail. <laughs> All right, Silktail. Your prize is being able to pre-order the Vita early. And you can do that because it's region-free and you can import it from Japan and your games will work on it. So here you go. If you pre-order the PlayStation Vita first edition, because you get it first, because the pre-order comes before the normal ship date, you get it on February 15th. And then it'll take a week and a half to get to you and you'll actually get it after the actual system's release date, most likely. But you'll be pretty early on in America. So yeah. What do you get? You get Vita. Doesn't, it, doesn't it cost like $50 more? It's $100 more, actually. It's $349. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I that's take for that the back. 3G version. That's for the it, U.S. The version. 3G. I don't even know what this... They don't list a price in this article of the uh, the first edition the, bundle. The, 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 I, I saw this on IGN. The U.S. edition has the 3G version, and I think it has, I think, little deviance bundled yeah. with it. Yep. And um, it, it's $50, 50 USD. When's, the, when's it come out in the U.S.? Week before, week before what? The the original launch date. What is the original launch date? Like February twenty second. No, that's I think. that's the launch date for Japan. Uh, no, the launch date for Vita in Japan is before the end of the year. Oh, okay. All right. So I I, 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 I botched the, the story. Vita, All right. So if you want it before Japan, the end of the year, either. you can pay something like three or four hundred dollars and import this this system and do that. If you don't want to do that, so ignore everything I said earlier, if you don't want to import from Japan, you pre-order in the U.S., you'll get it a week ahead of the U.S. release date of 20, February 22nd. You'll get it on February 15th in the U.S. It's the first edition bundle. You get the 3G model of the Vita, the one that no one wants because they don't want to pay for the access fees. You get a limited edition case for your Vita, a 4 gigabyte memory card, the copy of Little Deviance uh, via download, so it'll go right to your memory card, and it costs $349.99. That's $50 premium over purchasing the system on its own, and you're getting, you know, a memory card, a case, and a game. That's great. Or, or what you could do, if you, if you want the 3G version, you could just wait a week and save 50 bucks. Well, but you're getting stuff for your 50 bucks. You're getting you the case, the memory f- card, and the, and the game, right? You can get a 4-gig memory card for less than 50 bucks. Well, it's a 4-gig special memory card. It's not a normal memory card. This is not like a SanDisk SD card. This is a special Sony premium. This is going to cost way too much for the amount of memory it has memory card. Because it's a Sony, because it has Sony's name on it. Well, you know, the, the Memory Stick Pro Duos are actually, you can get reasonable prices for those, right? But I think this is a new format, yeah. so there aren't going to be reasonably priced knockoffs just yet. So isn't that wonderful? <laughs> okay. Yeah, give, give Sandix. Well, here, Sandix here's the other issue. Months and they'll have them. You save 100 bucks by just getting the Wi-Fi version of the system. It's only two fifty then. Yeah, now I, you probably and, not get, you you're get not getting week. the game, and you may not get the memory card, or, or maybe you will. I'm not really sure how that works. And and you get it a week later, and you save a hundred bucks, which you could put on games that you choose, which is probably a better option. And as far as the memory card goes, Sandisk will probably have a better option, and give them a couple months. Yeah. 
but, so they can have their production. At, but run at done. first, I will say at first, the Sandus cards will probably be almost the same price as the Sony cards, just because of the demand. So don't expect to save a lot of money with the Sandus at first. It's going to take a while for that to happen. So give it so maybe about five months after well, release. Well, there needs to be a lot of demand for these cards, which means the system needs to do well, or other things that use those cards do well. Sony, why couldn't you just use an SD card? You suck. All right, I just need to say that. All right, speaking of sucking, Nintendo, for the first time in a very long time, has posted an annual loss of 20 billion yen, which translates to $264 million for the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2012. No, wait, okay, this is weird. They're predicting a loss. Yeah. So not only did they, it's not an actual loss, it's a predicted loss. That's great. They thought they were going to have a profit of the same amount, and now they're turning that entire profit prediction into a loss. So they're like, yeah, we're just going to lose money because, um, let's see, do they say why? I mean, we can all expect it's due to poor 3DS sales or not. Yeah, most people, most people think it's down to the fact that the 3DS didn't meet their sales expectations. Yeah. Basically. Uh, it's only and sold. And they- uh, this is the sad part. It sold 6.68 million units. That's huge, but that's not enough. <laughs> well, and the other thing, I think people were expecting. Um, uh, well, they, sorry, they also have the ongoing uh, console development stuff for the Wii U. Yeah, that the- probably sinks a bunch of money. Um, yeah, because they have to spend money. Making but I, I think a lot of people. I mean, for example, in our in the thread posted on our forums about it, um, it's not really a major. It's not really a major problem. <laughs> so okay. They they still expect it to get up to 16 million units sold, the 3DS, that is, based on holiday sales. But even with that, that's still their expectations for total loss profit. It's still going to be kind of low. Yeah, 3DS sales will probably go up starting for middle of next month when Super Mario Land comes out. Yeah, Super Mario Land 3D, Mario Kart 7, and then in Japan, Monster Hunter 3G. And um, the Tale so, of Two Towns. Yes, the Tale of Two Towns is going to drive... 3DS sales. A game, yes, a game that is available the... on the DS already is going to drive 3DS sales. Quite. And we, uh, we, we, we uh... have to burst your bubble. <laughs> but that's not oh, be a system seller. Oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say, I think my, uh, the response I had to it was just basically um, I don't think Nintendo was really in the crapper until um, they resurrect that old hotel and, uh, hotel um, Sorry, not hotel. Hotel dust. Uh, to old ta- ho- no, they're old uh, taxi company from the seventies. Oh, and yeah. I know. Master Chief pointed out that they they could also get back into the love hotel business. Well, I'm not worried until they start trying to sell Hanafuda cards in in America, because then then we've got an <laughs> issue. Because they're not going to do that well here. Um, I still don't even know how. I have a deck of those. I still don't know how to use them. It's very confusing how you play with those. All right. That's what Nintendo did, started did, did, as. But, yeah, anyway. I was going to say, did you get a set produced by Nintendo? Yeah, I did. It's from a from a Club Nintendo prize. Yeah, they had a yeah. Uh, let's see. Nintendo admitted the 3DS has yet to have many hit titles, <laughs> only s- highlighting the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time as a million unit seller. Stocks down, isn't that great? And blah blah blah. We've got the Circle Pad Pro coming to the U.S., which is I, apparently rumored to be the name for that. That second analog stick add-on. I think they confirmed that at that point. Okay. Sweet. And that's all I have for news. Is there anything I missed, guys? Are we we, we really out? I'm out. 
I can go to other other sites and look for something. No, 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 no. We just well, like Newsweek, our, I guess. Well, if you look on our new main page, we've got new trailers for War in the North, uh, Kingdom of Amalur Reckoning, and uh, Frontier Gate on the main page. Yeah, I don't know how to cover a trailer, so I'll just tell you go watch them. Yeah, that's all I've said. We've got yeah. trailers for those. So I, I don't even usually them. mention them because I'm hoping you guys are going to the site. You should go to the site. Ooh, I went to shacknews.com. They've got an unboxing video of the Elder Scrolls V Collector's Edition. Maybe I should watch that and then decide if I actually need that crazy expensive it, collection. You just see, see if the 150 USD is worth that moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If I watch the video, I ruin the moment, don't I? Hmm. That's a dilemma. Well, you should see if you want to pay that much money to have that moment. That's your big but one. But if I do that, I won't have that... <sighs> the War in the North also has a crazy collector's edition, if you remember. It comes with a quiver full of arrows, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, did, didn't we lampoon that one? Now, they have an awesome map in there, though. Like a really cool physical like rollout, has creases in it, Like looks like a map sort of map. That's pretty eBay. cool. eBay. eBay? Just eBay the map? <laughs> It's, and the thing, it's just it's just a printed map that you find in like every edition of the Lord of the Rings ever, though. <laughs> so I don't know how much it matters. Kind of a cool. If you really want it, if you wanted the, although I'm definitely going to eBay the Skyrim map. Mm, really? Mm. Because I'm buying the game off Steam. So I wonder if you can actually notch those arrows and shoot them, or if they're fake arrows. Hmm. I'll have to watch that video too. Let's see. So Shack News doesn't seem to have to actually have any news. It's just unboxings lately. Oh, Human Revolution soundtrack. Ooh. Okay, that's not... Oh, that is RPG-related. There you go. Human Revolution's getting soundtrack release on November 15th. And that's probably it. Oh, and uh, Sony expects 63% of PS3 owners will buy a Vita. So let's do an informal informal uh, gathering. How many people on the panel have a PS3? Everybody? Uh, I don't technically own one, but there's one in the household. All right, close I'm enough. A... How many of us are going to get a Vita? I not am, probably. Not on, possibly not at launch, but oh, I am still right, thinking here, of getting one. Let's do that one yeah. at a time. Anna, are you? Uh, yes, but not at launch. Okay. Roy? At launch. Got it pre-ordered. John? Uh, possibly at launch, possibly not. And I will probably get one at launch. All right, so everyone's getting it. It's 100% of PS3 owners, and people who don't even own PS3s are getting Vitas, according to the RPG Gamer RPG Cast survey. Excellent. <laughs> so Sony's right on. So that is four out of 33 staff members we have? Yes. Well, that's the RPG Cast survey, not the RPG Gamer survey. We have to do that one later. Get everyone in. We forgot. We didn't get to ask Manny, though. No, we forgot to ask Manny. I'm betting Manny is not getting one at launch, but I don't know. He could. Could surprise me. No, I don't think so. Hmm. I'd put money on him not getting it at launch. Uh, all right. Uh, do we cover Bioshock still? I think we got rid of that, right? Yeah, yeah I think we did. Yeah, we don't cover it. Um, yeah. Apples to Apples right. is coming to PS3 and Xbox 360. Really? Ooh. I love that uh, game. Let's see. Um, for anyone that cares, there's a whole oh. bunch of oh, check this gameplay out. impressions for Skyrim on IGN. Yes, there's a ton of Skyrim footage this. out because people have review copies now, so they're recording it and putting stuff up. Um, Sonic Generations is the most pre-ordered Sonic game. 
Yeah. Yeah. The uh, we got a shiny we got a shiny limited edition in Europe again for Sonic Generations, and I think the reason why uh, me and my housemate have been wanting to buy it because it looks pretty awesome. Um, except it looks like as soon as they put the pre-orders up for it on Amazon, it basically sold out. Bearing in mind, um, it was still in Europe at least. It was still possible to buy the Cataclysm Collects Edition almost up until its release. That's pretty good. Unless, of course, Sega didn't actually make that many collector's editions, which wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. For what? I'm sorry. I was waiting Sonic Generations. Story. There's a collector's edition? Yep. What do you get in the I collector's said... edition of Generations? Right, let's have a look. Because uh, I was looking at it just a second ago. I gotta know. Wow, there is a collector's edition. Uh, oh, you there's get, that um, story that... Uh, you I'm get a ready. number... You basically get a bunch of... Um, uh, you get the art book, you get a bunch of making of documentary stuff, you get a statue of both uh, modern and classic Sonic. Oh, uh, and, it's Europe and, a, and Australia only. Yeah, that's what I just said. Screw you. <laughs> I'm so said, tired of an, this. I'm so tired of this. The problem, what I said though, was um, as soon as the, it seems as though as soon as the uh, pre-orders went up for this collector's edition, they basically all went. They sold out. Like, they sold you know, out within I have to admit, days. That's pretty sweet collector's edition for Sonic. And but what but what's weird is um you could buy um like you know in America the um like the the collector's editions for Blizzard's games like sign out like almost the same day they go up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean you could buy the um I mean I can still if I really wanted to I could walk into a shop and buy the Cataclysm collector's edition. Now because I know try and do that with the World of Warcraft vanilla collector's edition or Burning Crusade collector's edition. You cannot <laughs> yeah, do that a little there. bit harder. Yeah. Although uh, the HMV in town, I think, still has three copies of the Wrath of the Lich King one. <laughs> I was going to say that one's a bit yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we do hit a. I don't know if it's important or not, but uh, Origin signed up Warner Brothers, THQ, and Capcom as distributing partners. Okay. Origin? Everybody wanted you. Yeah. Like the, the, EA, the EA shop? The EA thing? Yeah. How do they... Oh, so they're distributing games for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. It won't be just EA games uh, now. You know what's weird? Um, Left 4 Dead is on Origin. One and two. What? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. What? Yeah. How the that makes no freaking sense. Uh, well, remember that Origin also encompasses their physical store, too. So this is like 360 PS3 versions. Oh, oh right. Okay. I was about to say, like I, I still think I it's know weird. for. I was about to say, like I know Valve would not let another digital retailer sell one of their games with a ten-foot pole. <laughs> well, it, it, it's weird that because um, the PS3 version of the Orange Box, which wasn't very good, I think was done oh. by uh, an internal studio at EA. That's uh, one of the reasons why it was crap. It wasn't developed in-house by Valve because Valve hated the PS3 at the time. This Lord of the Rings collector's edition is actually kind of cool. I don't need it, though. Because you already have the review copy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doesn't stop me from wanting it. <laughs> Even if it's your friend, Chris. Oh, they're not real arrows. Oh. They're just, they're just like... meant to look like arrows. Darn. They don't want people shooting each other. <laughs> oh, well. I'll get over it. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Any picks or avoids for the week? John, would you kick us off, please? Uh, I've been playing quite a lot of things this week, actually. Uh, I've been continuing my um, 
entertaining runs through um, both Kingdom Hearts 2 and uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Um, I did follow through with my threat last week of picking up the soundtracks for both. Um, they shipped out during the week, and I'm still waiting for them. Because I didn't pick fast shipping, so obviously importing stuff from Japan takes forever. Yes, it um, does. I did finally pick up Bastion, although I haven't played that much of it yet. Good game. Um, God, what else have I been doing? Oh, and more World of Warcraft. <laughs> but, you know, I think you kind of come to expect that, really. <laughs> All right. Anna, do you have any picks or avoids for us this week? Um, well, I finished Professor Layton and the Last Spectre, and the ending is very typical Layton-esque. We decided to wrap things all together in a pretty bow ending. Um, I would say recommend, just because I, I really liked the puzzles this time. Um, I've been playing Gabrielle's Ghostly Groove, and I'm not sure I can actually give a recommend or an avoid on that one. I think it would be biased. Yeah. <laughs> um... What else have I been playing this week? Played some Final Fantasy XI, worked on my sub-job, played some WoW, got my baby Druid up to 28, and played a little bit of Overclocked. And I think that's everything I played this week. Almost you can think of something that I'm missing. We watched a lot of BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> watched all of BlizzCon. Yeah, all of BlizzCon. Everything so. except the arena threads, the arena yeah. battles or whatever. Yeah, but we watched everything else. All right, Roy? Um, I have been playing this last week a Fable 3. Wow, okay. Because, well, I've been wanting to play it, and I finally got it working on my computer. All right, just uh, when they give you the countdown, remember that the countdown is not a real countdown. And (laughs) as soon as you start getting a countdown, go wrap up all your side quests. (laughs) Well, the the one thing I found out though is that, and that's the nice thing about playing it on a um, on the PC is that I, if if I really want to, I can cheat and give myself unlimited amounts of gold, so I could still be completely good guy, ah. <laughs> no consequences. <laughs> so if, if I need to, I can play completely as the good guy and do straight good guy and still have enough gold to do it. Nice. So if you want to on PC, that's the great thing about PCs. RPGs. I love it. You can hack them. All right. Because you can cheat. Also, also I have... Right, is the game fun? Because the game got a lot of bad press. So, I mean, is it actually fun on PC for you? I enjoy it, yeah. The only thing that is really annoying me so far is that the dog that travels with you... Yeah. um, um, He has a... Whenever he's uh, finding a spot... He's he's still good at finding a treasure treasure chest that you might not have noticed, but anytime he's finding a spot where where you have to dig for something, um, he seems to find it in a like like it'll be fifty feet away from where he initially detects it, and then he's wandering around in circles for a minute trying until he finally tells you where it's at. The dog has some pathfinding issues. But other than that, I haven't noticed any major problems with it. I've enjoyed it so far for what it is. Sweet. I'm I'm not expecting bio level bioware level stories from Fable or that type of moral choice. Alright. If you listen to Peter Molyneux, you would expect it, but we've all learned that lesson many times over not to. Do you have any avoids for us? Or anything else you played? 
Oh, um, I have my impressions of Dragon Age stuff. Ah. Um, Dragon the Dragon Age Redemption web series that Bioware talked about before Dragon Age Two was even released is finally going on. I think they've done about three episodes now, and today's Saturday, so the fourth should be up today. Um, it's it's horrible. Oh, really? The web series, <laughs> even though Felicia yeah, Day is in it, it's horrible. Yes, the, the the writing, the story, the sets, the special effects, everything is god-awful. Ah, oh, that's terrible. If, and if it wasn't for the fact that Felicia Day is in it, I probably wouldn't watch it at all. Ouch. <laughs> Putting oh. it simply, her work, her work with her web series on the Guild was better. Okay. Is the Guild um, over? I'm not sure. I, I don't think, think so. Too I don't know. Too busy having Will Wheaton guest star every week or whatever. The special effects are better than what they have in the guild just due to big having access to Bioware's money. But um, yeah, the overall the, the the script and the and the script is terrible. And um, as far as the new DLC though, Mark of the Assassin though, ooh, I think Major really in the chat good. room dis- disagrees with you. It's quite good. Remember, it's a web series, not a big-budget TV show, which apparently is an excuse for why things can feel bad, but they're actually good. I don't know what he's trying to say. All right, anyway, what were you going to say? <laughs> well, Major, before I continue, um, I'm a, I don't make the distinction for indie. Um, if something's crap, I will call it crap. <laughs> Budget be damned. All right. And But the Mark of the Assassin DLC, though, is actually really good. Oh, that's good to hear. Some some good DLC love for DA2 fans, huh? Yeah, the 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 story of it is really good. And uh, Felicia Day's voice acting as uh, Talos in that DLC is really good. She puts on a much better performance as Talos' voice actor than live acting as Talos in the DLC. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> or 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 in the or in, in Redemption. All right. Cool. And um, if if you're if you're actually into Dragon Age 2, and if, but you don't want to get all the DLC, um, if you have to choose between Legacy and Mark of the Assassin, get Mark of the Assassin. It's the better of the two so far. All right. The one unfortunate thing about it, though, is that you don't get to keep her in your party after you complete the DLC. Oh, lame. Lame. <laughs> and so for anyone that was hoping to fight along Felicia Day, it's... Unfortunately, you shall have to be disappointed. You get to do it, although the DLC does last for a good four to six hours, depending on how much you get into it. So it's pretty lengthy. Which is a pretty good size for Bioware DLC. Yeah, Von Beerle, you you can plow through it, but if you actually take your time and do everything, you can get a good four to six hours out of it. I think I I think I took about five and a half five hours to get through the whole thing. Von Beardley says it felt very short for him. All right. Well, thank you, Roy. Um, I guess that leaves me. Right? Yes. Okay, that leaves me. Oh, uh, duh. I know what else I've been playing this week. What else? War in the North. War in the North. You have, no, you didn't. No. no, I played it for a little bit. Yeah, you played twenty minutes. So yeah, I got the review copy of War in the North in uh, a couple days ago. So. Last night, I was able to sit down and put a good chunk of time into it, 
And uh, reviews are embargoed to November 1st. So these are my impressions because they said nothing about impressions. So um feels a lot better than it did at E3, that's for sure. And it is a action beat 'em up where you team up with up to three other, up to two other people. Uh, but I've been playing solo for the most part. Uh, Anna jumped in for some co-op for a little bit, and it feels nice co-op to have a uh, two people playing with it. So this game's obviously geared towards co-op. You should play this co-op if you're going to do War in the North. Get some people together and do co-op because there are th- there are secrets in the levels that you will not get to see unless you have other people playing co-op. So just get that out of the way. Um, regardless, co-op or single player, uh, the combat is uh, feels pretty good. It's kind of a kind of a, a meet. It's got a tempo where you know you're pressing uh, well, until you unlock all your special abilities. Where you're pressing like a quick attack, quick attack, quick attack. Okay, the icon shows up on the over the head. Do critical attack to finish them off. Get bonus experience. You can. You don't have to finish people off that way, but it's nice to have the bonus experience for kind of Stealing playing like to the style. Kills, mumble, mumble, yeah, you can mumble, steal mumble. kills really good. It's nice, um, and Jerk. then they don't get bonus experience, and you level up faster than your than your partner, and that's pretty awesome. Um, very cinematic storytelling. Uh, you sit down. The first thing you do is go talk to Aragorn, and it's like, oh, okay, we're gonna have Lord of the Rings characters in this game, and they're gonna tell a story. Did they, did they bring back the movie voice actors? They for do him? not have the movie voice actors. Um, the best voice actor in the game, though, is the is the fourth member of the party, which is NPC controlled. No matter how many people they get together, and that is the eagle, Bellaram, and he's got an awesome voice actor. I love his voice, and easily outshines uh, their Gandalf impersonator or their Aragon, Aragorn. And those, that's all I've heard so far. There might be other voice actors we run to later. Um, voice acting, though, is good. I don't mean to say that the voice acting is bad. They sit down, they tell you a story. You also get to interact with um, people in the, like the innkeeper and Bree's voice. There's hobbits you run into. Like everybody you interact with, it's fully voiced. So that's really great. And uh, everyone gives a good performance so far. The eagle, by far, is awesome. And you can call him down and summon him in, in combat, and he will come down, swoop down, take an a- enemy, and just kill him for you. And it's just awesome to see a huge ass eagle come in and kill stuff. Um, that's why it's a special. So based move. on what you played, based on what you played so far, can we just go ahead and call it the best Lord of the Rings game they've made so far? Um, the best Lord of the Ring games that Snowblind Studios has made so far, yes, since it's the only one they've made. Um, um, well, my... well talk, talking about the other movie games too. Well, I didn't my play the complaint... EA movie games, so I don't know for sure. So far, my only complaint so far is split screen is um, side by side as opposed to top and bottom. I feel like. If they had been stacked as opposed to, like, horizontally stacked as opposed to vertically stacked, it would have been better because when you're playing split-stream co-op, you can't see anything. Yeah, Your field they, of vision is so small. There there are moments where you need to look up and down, and I think that's why they kind of did the, uh, the, the split down the middle of the screen vertically. Yeah, but, but the times you need to look up and down are the times you summon the eagle, so what does it matter? Yeah, and, and well, you have to pick people off a high building sometimes too, but... I really agree that there's so many men, enemies trying to surround you all the time um, that it would be great if they had a horizontal split screen, and they don't. But most people are not going to play this split screen, let's be honest. Uh, most people are going to play this on Xbox Live, and for there, you get your full screen. Everybody gets their full screen. So it'll work fine for that. It also supports System Link if you are one of the three people in the country who do that. And, uh, yeah, two people for local co-op, three people for System Link or online multiplayer. So good stuff uh the game has issues in my opinion though so far with combat p- 
pacing, like the, the encounter design. seems The encounters tend to go on, in my opinion, too long. Um, and they, they tend to just surround you and overwhelm you with enemies. And it feels like you can't adequately block or deal with all the enemies and stay alive. So it, they mean for you to work as a team and have the encounters hard enough to force you to do that. But if you're playing by yourself, uh, that doesn't work that well because your team members aren't smart enough to do it. So I'm playing as the dwarf, and uh, the wizard's sitting there putting up a shield that I'm supposed to go run inside and be healed with, and the ranger's picking off enemies and then taking them out melee when they get close. Uh, I'm a melee character, though, and so I'm tending to go out and try and attract the attention of most of the characters so they don't go beat up my teammates, but I'm I'm easily getting overwhelmed, and, and I don't know if that's just single-player sucks or as far as uh, being able to do that or if it's uh, I need to learn how to play better, probably. And so, you know, definitely not done yet and going to keep pushing through and figuring out how that's supposed to work. Um, They want you to work together. And so I found that if I stay next to the wizard, things go a little better because then there's a healing spell that the wizard puts up a lot and that keeps me alive. But I feel like then that um, I'm too far away from actually where the battle is. So I'm risking the ranger's life and stuff. So I don't know what's up with that. So it'd be nice if I had three people online there are three of us online and we were calling out orders to each other. Hey, come over here, help me out here. Oh, I'll come over, help you out there. And that sort of stuff. I don't know. And, and the encounters just seem to go on a bit too long. So I don't know what's up with that. Uh, I'll see if that changes. Uh, mostly the fights so far, I'm still pretty early in the game, still in the first chapter, even after a few hours of play. And it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, the encounter variation has not been very much. It's mostly kill a group of guys, now kill a bigger group of guys. Okay, now get on a turret and take out guys while the other two people take care of people melee. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I'm hoping the, the encounter design varies things up a bit more and there's more special things to do and more crazy things to do. Um, some nasty guys lit on fire, they come they come run up to you, and if you like kill them too close to you, they explode and take up a bunch of your health. The, when those start surrounding you, it just feels unfair. It just feels completely unbalanced. So I don't know. Uh, so I'm a bit worried about the encounter design. Like, as this gets harder, where is it going to go? But mm. uh, There's achievements, kill stuff, story points, do things enough time to get achievements, as you'd expect. And what else? What am I missing, Anna? Soundtrack seems good so far. And like I said, the experience is very cinematic. The storytelling stuff between and there's the storytelling stuff in town while you're you're stocking up on potions and weapons. There's storytelling stuff while while you're going through the missions as well. So and you can uh, you hit warp points every so often where you can warp back to town, kind of stock up again, turn in this quest that you just found a thing for, and you go back out on the field and, and whatnot. Um, there are secret treasure chests hidden all over the place. Some of them you need to use uh, your special racial ability, like my dwarf. He can see weakness in walls. So, like, he'll go and knock down that wall that he sees a weakness in. There'll be a treasure chest behind it, usually. And, and uh, But I can't do the other two special abilities because I'm only playing the dwarf. And if you're playing single player, what's kind of cool is when you get to a break, there's multiple breaks within a chapter. There's these set breaks. And when you get to them, you can actually switch and play a different member of the fellowship. So that's kind of a nice thing that they've let you do while doing single player where you can kind of switch your your um, your character that you're playing as uh, so you can kind of get uh, a full experience of the party while you are while you are by yourself so that's, that's kind of neat um, I'm tired of playing the uh, the dwarf I'll play the wizard now um, uh, what am I missing? It's, uh, no, I think you've pretty much covered everything. Yeah, it's Tolkien. Uh, in, if I open up the in-game map, they've got pretty much every location from the Lord of the Rings books and movies in there. 
I have to wonder if we're actually going to get to them all because it's called War in the North and some of the locations are like Mount Doom and Mordor. I don't think we're going to go there, so I don't know what's up with that. But uh, if you actually do get to go all over the freaking um, Lord of the Rings everywhere, that would be pretty cool. And uh, I will see how they pull it together. Look more. Uh, Michael Apps is doing a review, I believe. That's Wheels, right? Can I get his name right? Yes? Yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes, Michael Apps is doing a review. Look for that to come up um, soon. And I don't know if I'm putting together a review, but I, I'm definitely going to do multi, uh, impressions of the multiplayer. I'm definitely focusing on me and Manny are going to try and play a ton of this game and uh, give you some good impressions on how it holds up with online play. And that's all I got for War in the North for you. Oh, one other thing. I saw uh, another story about that Nintendo thing. Yeah, the reason Nintendo's uh, predicting a loss next year is because they actually did have a loss for the first half of their fiscal year that ended September 30th. $927 million loss. That's almost a billion dollar loss. So they actually did lose money for sure. Apparent, then, apparently, uh, I think I think it was Shop Troll who posted a link on the forum, though, was that last fiscal, the previous fiscal year, they had a $1 billion profit. Yeah, and so now they're hoping that the holiday season will kind of minimize the loss for the whole year to just 20 billion yen, which is still bad, but not as bad as <laughs> losing over a billion yen. <laughs> or losing like 100 billion yen almost. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, yeah, poor Nintendo. Are they doing it to themselves? I think they, you know, is this, they making bad choices? Nintendo just screwed for no reason? Booze. Stage says it's booze. Yeah. And uh, Major says part of their losses do the yen weakening. Okay. There you go. So uh, I think that's it for the week. Yeah? Yeah? I think so. Yeah, I think we're done. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, this week. Um, oh, I should check on this. PS. Oh, there's some free Halloween DLC for Dungeon Defenders on PC if anyone wants it. <laughs> I haven't bought Dungeon Defenders yet. Is that any good? Yeah, it actually is. Although multiplayer, having someone to play it with would really help. So when you buy it on PC, let me know. We'll play it together. Okay. I think Zoltan has it too, but I don't know what he has it on. Steam. Probably, P- probably PS3. Probably. Did it come out on PS3? I can't remember. I think it was just PC as far as I know. Hmm. Let's see. It may I'm looking have, I don't for know. this is weird. Uh, I, I don't have. Uh, I don't have um, a results of our of our extra life raffle yet, and I apologize for that. I'm hoping we'll have that, and I don't know what's uh, what's going on with it, but uh, I will follow up on that and try and get you some info. About what's up with that because it's kind of weird yeah that's also kind of weird alright I need to talk to them see what's going on because yeah okay and uh, with that uh, I'll get you more details and we'll talk to you next week so everybody thank you for coming leave us feedback at podcast at rpgamer.com you can send us a voicemail at 608-729-4098 we'd love to read your, vo- your, your voicemails on the show but we just haven't had time lately we will get to them and we love to play your emails read your voicemails play your emails yes that's how we do it because we're that skilled and oh so next week 
here's your new releases. Here's what you get to look forward to. First off, Lord of the Rings War in the North, which I've told you is initially looking pretty good. Fate Extra for the PSP, which is an uh, RPG based on a visual novel, I believe. And Harvest Moon, The Tale of Two Towns on 3DS, which Anna's very excited for because she does the PR for them. So go buy it and support her career. So there you go. That's uh, that's our RPG cast for the week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned later today on the RPG Cast Network for um, the Sanctum, right, Ray? No, no, no Sanctum this week. We do it. It's every other week. Ah, oh, okay. So every other week. So next week for the so, Sanctum. I've just yeah. realized that I might actually not be here next week. Oh no, 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 no as, next week. As I am going to, uh, it's just, it's the Distant Worlds concert next week, and oh, cool. in London. Excellent. Distant Worlds um, is awesome. So I, will be, so I will be away for most of Saturday because the concert starts in the evening. Yeah, you should do that. It's going to so, be awesome. So I will have to feed, I will feed back week after. Alrighty. Excellent. Well, London's what, like six hours from your house, John? Uh, no, it's about one and a half, one, one and a half hours by train. <laughs> I live in Portsmouth, damn it. <laughs> No, that's taken for mine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the uh, distant worlds is being held at um, the Royal Albert Hall in London uh, next weekend on Saturday. I could swear I remember you talking about saying like it took like you six hours to get to London one time. No, it takes me six hours to get to Cornwall. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's All right. <laughs> well, with with that transportation info about London, uh, we're going to sign off the show. Everyone have fun playing uh, whatever you're playing this week. Uh, maybe I'll see you in Lord of the Rings: War in the North. And until next week, goodbye, everybody. And ta-ta. See ya.